This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. This week on the podcast, we pick up our discussion where we left off last time, talking about the baptism of Jesus. Last week, we talked about why Jesus was even baptized, and we ended right with a topic that I have been looking forward to for a while, Mm. and that is the significance of water at Jesus's baptism. Pastor, Mm. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, well, there's a lot of water encounters in Jesus's life. Mm -hmm. He's uh, sleeping in a boat over unsteady waters. Turns water into wine. Turns water into wine. He walks on water. Mm. And then he's baptized into water. So today we're going to talk about this paradigm. Now let me just let me just prepare you for what you're about to hear. Uh, this when I heard this for the first time, and I want to give credit uh, where credit's due. Uh, I heard it from Marty Solomon at the Bama podcast. And if you haven't listened to Bama, uh, great podcast to check out. Marty has become a friend and had him come the Long Hollow uh, last year and. He's really uh, a good brother when it comes to the Jewish Hebraic roots information. But I heard it from him, and I think he heard it from either his mentor, Ray, or his mm-hmm. Rabbi Ray, or I don't know where you heard it from, but, but I want to give credit to that. And we're going to give you a, a, a slide that you can see or, or an image that you can follow along because you're going to want to go back over this. That'll be in the show notes, so you can check it out there. The, the chart always helps me understand the teaching. Yes. Okay. So let me give you the six elements. And the the reason for this is this. These six elements are found in multiple accounts in the Old Testament that have to do with water. And when I show them to you, I'm telling you, it's going to be an aha moment for all of us. But but there's a point to this. My mic is... Mike has a mind of his own. Uh, there's a point to this, and that is it. they all end the same except one. Okay, so hang on to the end, which is the punchline. Okay, here are the six elements. If you're, if you're at home, you can write them down. If you're driving, make a mental note. The first one is this, chaos. So you have chaos. All of the paradigms are the same in the encounters. Everyone starts with chaos. Number two there is water. Then you have the element of water. Number three, the third element, is you have the spirit hovering over the water in many different forms. We'll see that. The fourth element is God then steps in and speaks. Then you have the the fifth element, which is the expected order. This is how things should go. Mm. And then the final piece, and this is the big one, you have testing. Mm. There's a test that has to be passed. And as we'll see, many people end the same way. Okay, so let's go back to the first place we see these elements. So and that, this is a pattern that we see repeated in Scripture. Yes, and let me just tell you as we begin, what, what, why, why know this pattern? Because the the Jewish culture knew this; they they knew certain stories well. They knew patterns well. Became like a natural reflex in their life that when they heard this or saw this, it brought them back to the past. It's mm-hmm. like when you go, you ever been somewhere before? You walk in a place and you're like, "Wow, this seems strangely familiar to me." <laughs> See, I feel like I've been here before, right? Well, that's what these encounters in Jesus's life are meant to do. Okay. When Jesus tells people, "Sit on a hillside, wait for me to distribute manna that is multiplied miraculously from heaven," the people think, "Wow." Oh, this is deja vu. It seems like exactly what happened with Moses in the wilderness when 
God sent the manna. Mm. So that's the kind of uh, reflex we have going on here, okay? So let's go. Now, the challenge for us as New Testament Christians is that many of us don't know the Old Testament, and I'm included in that. I don't know it as well as I should, and so we miss these, okay? But let me give the first one to you, and that is in Genesis 1. So let's go back to the very beginning, and isn't it interesting that right out the gate, God is going to give us this paradigm to set the course and chart the way for the future, okay? So remember our elements, chaos, water, spirit. Word speaking. Word speaking, expected order, and testing, okay? So the first one is this. We are looking for chaos, and you see it right out the gate. Colin, read verse verses 1 and 2, and I want to just show you what's happening here, 1 and 2. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Keep going. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. Okay, now stop right there. Formless and empty is a picture of chaos. Mm, chaos. Formless and empty. Okay, formless and empty, chaos. Uh, there's one Hebrew wor- translation of the word. You can actually translate it as urine or waste. It's crazy to think this way. So, so, And, and the whole point of that is it, it is not good. It is just formless and empty. It is void. It is chaotic, okay? Now, then you are introduced to the second element, which is this chaos covers or hovers over what? Water. The water. Hmm. So the chaos is around water. So you have the two elements. Mm -hmm. Then the third introduction is and, read it. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Wow, so we're three for three so far. Right out the gate, the first two two verses. In two verses, we're three for three, okay? Then the next thing we're looking for is God speaking words of creation, which is what he does. The very next thing it says, then what? Then God said, said let, let there, there be light. Here we go. We're, four, we're uh, four for four, okay? So we got two left. The expected order and the testing, okay? So now we see, now we fast forward a little bit to the expected order. God says, here is the order. You shall eat of any tree in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Except for what? One. One tree. That's the order. Here's the deal. You have access to everything, but there is one tree. There there are parameters here that I'm giving you to live by so you can have freedom. Hmm. Parameters equal freedom. Expected order, and then God forms the first three days. We see another picture of the expected order, if you know the Genesis account. The first three days uh, are the forming. The last three days are the filling, right? Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. forms in the first three and fills in the last three. It's a, it's a direct parallel to each other. And then we come to the final part, the testing. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can get it. Where is the testing part? I would say when they ate the fruit of the tree, they were not supposed to. Exactly. Pretty obvious there. Failed the test. They failed the test. So right out the gate, God is showing us a paradigm that's going to play out all through the narrative, uh, particularly of Genesis, I mean, particularly of the Torah, and then into Joshua and the leading up to Jesus' day. So the first guy up, Adam, fails the test. The Mm -hmm. first Adam fails the test. Let's fast forward to the second paradigm we see, and that's Noah, Genesis 7. So at this point in uh, Scripture, the patterns only happened one time. So you yep. may not even realize it's a pattern. It's not, yet, you don't even know it's a pattern. Until we find it again. You're, you're caught off guard at the beginning. Okay, I see, I see the water. I see the cast. You wouldn't know, but you're going to start seeing this pattern yeah. unfold. Okay, so we have Noah. Noah, it says, comes into the world when people are basically doing what's right in their own mind. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know the exact Scripture where it says, um, um, 
here, here it is. Um, Basically, and you know the story, I'm trying to find the scripture. Uh, 6.5 says, when the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the, earth, on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil Perfect. all the time. So it's chaos. I was yeah. looking at seven. It's in six. Yeah. It's chaos, okay? Mm-hmm. Chaos on the world. This time people sinning. The second element we see is water. We know the Noah account. He built an ark. It floated on water. Okay. Mm -hmm. The third, the third part is you have the spirit over the water. And this one's a little harder to figure out, although you'll see it when I show it to you. But I'll give you a clue. When Jesus was baptized, it says the motif or the image that was used was that something hovered. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit hovered like a what? A dove. Like a dove. Isn't it interesting that when the fl- the rain is over, a raven comes first, but then what comes after? A dove. A dove. So as the dove is flying over the water, you have a wonderful picture here of the spirit dove over the water. Mm. Then the third thing is we say we see that God speaks in expected order. What happens after the boat lands? You remember this? Yeah. God God told Noah that he would never destroy the earth in this way again. Yes, and it's in Genesis uh, 8, 15 and following. He says, listen, multiply the earth. I'll never destroy it. Populate the land. And then God tests him, Genesis mm. nine twenty. Genesis nine twenty is the testing of Noah, and you know what happens. His, his sons come in. Mm-hmm. He gets him drunk. Uh, he uncovers himself in the tent. Mm-hmm. He goes against God, and he fails the test. Mm. So now we're two for two. We see yeah. the same order, chaos, water, spirit over water, expected order. Uh, God speaks, expected order, uh, the testing, okay? Mm. The next account is in Exodus. This one will be a little easier for us to figure out because okay. Exodus is filled with water encounters. But before we do that, I want us to take a break, and I want you to just do a little homework uh, and see as we're preparing for this, if you can figure out the six elements yourself. And here's a hint. There are two water encounters in Exodus. In Exodus. So you have to figure out (laughs) with the children of Israel, there are two water encounters. You got to figure out which one it is. Okay. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post COVID? Have you experienced some fruit, but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders. And you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. And we're back talking about this progression of elements we see throughout Scripture, and hopefully we're going to get to the significance of these six elements that we find. Now, you've, you've shown us one at the very beginning of the story, the very beginning of, of history, 
uh, in Genesis, and now we've seen it at the flood, mm. and now you've given us some homework to find it in Exodus. Yes. I have to admit, I could not figure out which one had the six elements. Yeah, because there's a multiple water uh, encounters. There's the walking through the Red Sea, which is yes. one. There's the water from the rock, so you got another water encounter where yes. Moses strikes the rock. There's the water from the rock where Moses is told to speak to the rock. Mm -hmm. And then there's obviously the end of the 40 years, which is crossing the Jordan. So you've got four uh, options. I only thought of two of those four. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to make it easy. It's the first one. Oh, okay. Right out the gate. God's setting the paradigm. Remember, this is a newly formed nation. Yep. He's putting a, a reflex, a spiritual reflex in their mm-hmm. mind. This is how I operate. Mm. Okay, this is how it works. Okay. First, you have chaos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go to Exodus. We're in Exodus chapter two here. We have chaos. Where is the chaos in the book of Exodus? I mean, they're in slavery in Egypt. So yes. things are not in the, the order that God created them to be. In 400 years, they have gone from being a national... Uh, power with Joseph uh, in charge, and now they are bricklayers. Slaves. Slaves. I mean, it's 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 horrible, horrid conditions, and so the whole nation is oppressed. Mm-hmm. Okay? So God rescues them with the Passover and says, now follow me. Mm-hmm. Walk. They find themselves with, uh, literally in a rock in a, in a, in a hard place, <laughs> where <laughs> they are... They are next to water in front of them, and they've got the Egyptians behind them, and God is going to part the water, okay? Mm. So they go across the Red Sea, so now they are the ones walking on the water, hovering on the water, if you will. Then you have the third element, which is the spirit over the water. Now, this, yeah, is, a tricky, this, this is a tricky one. I want you to try to figure out, if you're listening at home, where is this is, this is a tricky one. And uh, the Exodus is like in, um, yeah, uh, it's 13, I think it's 13. Yeah, 13. Yep. Hovering over the water or, no, you said that was uh, the people. Yeah, this is the spirit over the water. So let's see if you can figure out where the spirit is over the water. Oh, uh, mama. Uh, we might need Robert to give input if you can. And I want to show you something interesting, is that what held I'll give you the clue. It's in verse 21 and 22. Watch this. Read this. Of which chapter? Uh, Exodus 14. Okay. Exodus 14. Read, read ooh, how ooh, the water... You're going to love this. Read how the water is pushed back. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind ooh. all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and the waters like a wall to them with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their oh there it is okay so we have to do a little uh hebrew understanding of the word wind mm. we know from uh the uh, beginning the word wind is also the word for breath is this ruach ruach did you like mine that was good it was close <laughs> it was, yeah. ruach uh that word wind and breath is also the word spirit so now we have the spirit mm. pushing, the, the wind pushing the water back. So we have the spirit over the water. And then God's going to speak. What does God do? God tells him to push the water back. So we have the speaking of God and the pushing of the water back. So we have all that happening. And then God's going to give the expected order. Okay. Once they get through there, once they get through this, uh, we have the expected order. God says, here's how it's going to work. Moses, I'm going to give you water from the rock. I'm going to give you quail and manna. This mm. is the directions. You're mm. going to listen to me. You're not going to take more. Mm-hmm. If you take more, it's going uh, to rot. rot. Mm-hmm. And here is, the, here is the, 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 the plan. Now, the very next thing is a test. 
It's another test, and this time it's a test with the water. Now, here's what's interesting about this striking, and this is there's a lot of different tests here. So you could say this is the test. You could say other things are the test, but I would, and, and we could say, uh, you know, which is which. But here's how I want to want you to see this. Moses is tested two times with water from rock. Now, in order to understand this, you have to understand culturally what a Bedouin is okay have you ever heard that word bedouin before i have okay so yeah like so a, a type of people a people yes, group yes yes a type of people but bedouins particularly would be people who lived in the desert mm-hmm. who were able to, to to live off the land mm-hmm. basically nomads mm-hmm. in the Isra- israeli desert okay in the desert of the region uh, or desert of egypt and were able to find food and water from the rock. Now, this is going to blow some people's minds. You could re- do some research on this. Uh, but Bedouins were able to find where... So, so in the desert, as hot as it was, there were crevices in the mountains mm-hmm. where water would pool, and a good Bedouin could notice where to strike a certain part of the rock. And if he struck it hard enough and long enough, water would flow, quote-unquote, from the rock. Okay. So this was not... The fact that Moses in Exodus 17 strikes water from the rock, it's impressive, but it's not miraculous. It's not miraculous. Why? Because they could do that. Now, mm. it's a million people, so it's probably overwhelming. I get that. But that's not the point of this story. The, the point of the story is God setting him up to see if he will obey with a bigger test coming later. Mm. Numbers 20. Remember Numbers 20. Numbers 20, God says to Moses, okay, the first time you struck the rock, and you got the credit in a mm-hmm. sense. You could have said, "Yeah, my whole life I've worked." I for learned it. these skills from oh, my dad. Yeah, and, my dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jethro, my father-in-law. We got a good relationship. You know, I knew where to look. Yeah, yeah. And even if he didn't say that, people would have assumed that possibly. Mm. The second miracle is all about the glory of God. Mm. All. So Moses goes, and God says, "Listen, last time you struck the rock." This time, speak to the rock. You remember this? Mm-hmm. And he says, whatever you do, don't touch it, speak to it. And Moses gets up, and, and granted, Moses is like we are. We, we would have been upset. The people are grumbling, complaining. You know, These people you gave me, God. And what he does in his haste and anger, mm. he strikes the rock. Now, here's what's crazy. God still performed the miracle for the benefit of the people. Mm-hmm. Moses was disqualified from the blessing. Mm. That's the big thing to remember. Yeah, there's a lesson there. There's a lesson for all of us there. And here's a lesson. And I knew this personally years ago when I had backslidden, or not backslidden, when I had fallen back into drugs after relapsing, is that I... I was preaching Mm -hmm. early on in my ministry. Right after I got saved, I preached my first sermon, um, I think a month and a half later, six, seven weeks later, I preached my first sermon. I didn't know how to preach, but I was listening to Christian radio and share my testimony. And I thought this is what I was going to do. And then early on, I started a ministry. I was traveling, but I was not mature enough. I was not, um, uh, I wasn't learning enough to understand some of the things. I didn't have enough accountability in my life. And so in my boasting and pride of what God was doing in my life, I fell back in trying to save two friends in the world and went back in the world. Now, here's what's crazy. I'm still preaching on the weekends. I'm still doing events. Uh, As crazy as this sounds, it's only the mercy of God. I'm traveling with a friend of mine, Jeremy Brown, who was in this ministry with us. It was a really cool name we came up with. It was called Gallaty and Brown Ministries. <laughs> That's original. Very original. Yeah, very original. It was wildly popular, as you can tell. 
Uh, and uh, but we started traveling, and I didn't know how to preach, but I knew how to do magic tricks, card tricks, and mm -hmm. apparently student groups like card tricks. And so we started traveling around, and uh, but I got back on drugs. I went to I went to share Christ with a while friend you of were mine. preaching. Yeah, because I felt like I man, I was in. I mean, I was so invigorated by what the Lord was doing. I went to my friend and I said, "Hey, man, listen, um, do you mind if I share Christ with you?" And he said, "No, nah, man, not at all." He said, "Do you mind if I smoke a joint, roll a joint while you do it?" I was like, "Man, no way. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. I'm invincible." Yeah. And it was a very expensive lesson that almost took my life. And the mm -hmm. lesson was this: No one is immune from the effects of sin. Mm -hmm. No one. No one, I don't care how long you've been a Christian or how, uh, how amazing your testimony is, what you built in your life, what God built in your life in a testimony can be destroyed in a moment. Mm. I mean, in a moment. And so there I was back on drugs. And, and the thing about addiction, Colin, is you don't start over. Mm -hmm. You pick up where you left off. Mm. So if your addiction like mine was, was $180 a day of heroin and cocaine like mine was, mine was pre-Christ, then I pick right back up. That's why a lot of people mm -hmm. die and overdose is they don't slowly, you know, mm -hmm. kind of uh, mm -hmm. ease into it. So anyway, I'm back on drugs and alcohol. But here's the point of all this. I'm preaching on the weekends. Jeremy mm -hmm. doesn't know I'm back on drugs, but I'm getting high and going to preach. And by God's grace, people are still getting saved. Mm -hmm. People are coming to faith in Christ. Now, I'm totally disqualified from seeing or experiencing any of the rewards or benefits. or, And I know it's wrong but I'm still in it and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sucked in. And God in his kindness, in his mercy, did not destroy me. He could have leveled me, I knew better, but he allowed me to come back to him. Mm -hmm. And it was a very expensive lesson. And it was in the process of me sharing Christ with a girl at the daiquiri shop of all places. My mm -hmm. normal routine was to wake up around 10.30, 10.45, drive to the daiquiri shop, which opened at 11. I'd get the strongest drink they made, the 190 octane. And I was sharing Christ with the girl named Christy behind the counter. Hey, Christy, I'd like the 190. Oh, and by the way, do you know the Bible says if you confess with your oh, 450, hold on. And I give, <laughs> I give her the money. Yeah. But, but if you know, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord, and believe in your heart, God, right. And you can, oh, okay, that's my drink. Thank you. Here's your tip. Uh, you could be saved. Well, I did this for months because, you know, I'm a Christian. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm a drug addict now, but I'm a Christian still. I know the Lord. And uh, in the process of about a month uh, of sharing Christ with her through the drive-thru, she leans out one day, this former atheist, pot-smoking uh, family who has no desire for the Lord, never been to church in her life. This God uses this girl who's now a Christian and the wife of a church planner, I think, mm -hmm. today. It's a crazy God story. She leans out the window and says, Robbie, you know, for someone who knows so much about Jesus, you sure don't act like it. Wow. And God used this unbeliever uh, waitress at a daiquiri shop to bring me back to him. And so the point about Moses is this, and we'll, we'll, we'll save the punchline for next week. But the point about Moses is this. Moses is going to go through a test. And how he responds basically disqualifies him from going into the promised land. And you think, man, this is harsh. God, why would you do this? I mean, why, why, how, could, how would you do one time mess up? What God does in all the lives of the Old Testament saints, you, you see, is he gives them smaller tests along the way that almost leads up to the final exam. Mm. And he never tests us. You have to realize about the testing of God. A test from God is never meant to beat us down or break us down. It's always meant to build us up. You got to remember that. Mm -hmm. A test from God, you are worthy 
to be tested because God says, if he's testing you, he believes you can pass the test. Now, here's the thing how God works. He knows you can pass the test. Mm -hmm. He wants you to know it. Mm -hmm. He wants you to see what, he knows what you're made of. Mm -hmm. He wants you to see what you're made of. Mm -hmm. What a good word. And and it's so applicable to us who are in ministry uh, to know that God can use us in spite of our sin, but at the same time, we can disqualify ourselves from enjoying the blessings and the benefits of how God is using us. Pastor, thank you so much for sharing that. I can't wait uh, for our next episode where we get to more of the testing and the application of what does this progression of six elements mean throughout Scripture and to find out who ultimately does pass the test. I think I have a clue, but uh, you'll have to come back next time to find out if today's podcast or any of our episodes is beneficial to you or you think it could be beneficial to someone you know. uh, Share it, like the podcast. It helps us with the algorithms on any platform that you listen to. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.